G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. And I was sitting outside the church in my car and I was like, oh, this is just scary. And I thought I was going back to apologise to everyone there, which I did do. I was there for that. But I was blown away by the people that apologised to me. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, last time we heard Cheryl Phillips share how her life became an example of what not to do after she gradually began an extramarital relationship. But today we'll hear how God eventually brings her back to Him and how her life is now best described by the phrase, She who has been forgiven much, loves much. When we ended last time, Cheryl was kind of torn between two worlds. On the one hand, she knew what she was doing was wrong and wanted to get back in a close relationship with God. But on the other hand, she was still longing for companionship and unfortunately was still making poor relationship decisions. Also, because of the cloud of shame she'd been living under, she felt like there was no way that God could possibly forgive her. Today, we'll hear the remarkable way that God brings reconciliation to her life. And parents, before we get started, I just want to mention that due to the adult themes that will be discussed, today's program is not recommended for young children. Once again, Cheryl Phillips and her husband, Danny, are having a chat with Eric Scatterbo in our Melbourne studios. It was like God started speaking to me again, and he said, he, he reminded me of King David. Hmm. And it was like Psalm 51 became my psalm, which was creating me a pure heart, you know, a clean heart, and take not the Holy Spirit from me, you know, restore unto me, all that. Yeah, we should remind listeners that David is a man after God's own heart. Yes. Had Um, an affair with Bathsheba. Yes. So God reminded me in that moment that David had done the same as me. And not just the same, but worse, Mm. because he then went out, had an affair with Bathsheba and then murdered Bathsheba's husband so that he could keep her. And I thought, well, I didn't do that latter part. So, (laughs) Um, And then David is described as a man after God's own heart. So it was a real healing, eye-opening moment for me, for God to sort of remind me that, you know, I actually can forgive you. Um, you were in deception all those years. You can be forgiven, and I do forgive you, you know. And I went on a bit of a journey of repentance, mm. which actually took years. But in that time, I'd also got with another guy, <laughs> and he was he was living with me, and my landlord was really good because she just came and she didn't judge or saying, you know, you've got to get rid of this guy. She's the one that helped you get into the mother's group. She helped me go to church Mm -hmm. and and the mother's group. And she just basically said, hey, you know, let me share my testimony with you. And then Mm -hmm. she shared her testimony and that really moved me 
What was it about her testimony that moved you? Oh, honestly, I can't remember now. <laughs> but it, it was just... Um, but she was being real. She she had separated from her husband mm-hmm. for a bit there, and um, she was being real. So and, she's being vulnerable about yes. her own past and her own mistakes she's made. Yes, and, mm-hmm. um, and God just used that moment mm-hmm. to point out. She did say to me, Cheryl, you know, you're going 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction, and it just reminds me of that Casting Crowns song because a lot of Casting Crowns sum up my life so well. But I will just share quickly that there's a Tasha Layton song that uh, Look What You've Done, and that is my testimony in a nutshell. And I reckon... You got the, some of the lyrics there? If the listeners listen to it, it probably sums up some of their lives too. Oh. Like her lyrics are the very judgmental accuser, Look What You've Done. How could you fall so far? You should be ashamed of yourself. Which is kind of like the devil yeah. saying and that to so you. Yeah, and so I was ashamed of myself. And the lies I believed, they got some roots that run deep. I let them take a hold of my life. I let them take control of my life. And then it's standing in your presence, Lord. I can feel you digging all the roots up. I feel you healing all my wounds up. And all I can say is hallelujah. And then the parts of the chorus are, look what you've done. And it's not look what I've done. It's look what God's done. Look what you've done in me. You know, you spoke your truth into the lies I let my heart believe. And look at me now. Look how you've made me new. The enemy did everything that he could do. Oh, but look what you've done. And that's who God is to me. And that's why I wanted to share my testimony. That's fantastic. <laughs> he, that is fantastic. He's, um, so, he, so the song, if I'm understanding it right, starts off kind of the accusatory voice mm. of like the devil. Look what you've done, you sinner. Yes, and it goes yes. from that to look what the Lord has done yes. to heal me yep. from the bad things I did. Yes. And I, I think a lot of people will relate to that yeah, because yeah. our inner shame. All of us can relate to yeah, that. Yeah. Our inner shame speaks to mm, us that yeah. we're not worthy mm. and God couldn't necessarily love me mm. or forgive me. But that's not the truth. Mm. That's not the truth. So that's why it means so, the so Lord much to me. starts to work in your heart. Yeah. So I ended up with the help and support of my church around me. I was actually able to get rid of that man in my life, you know, whereas I feel like old me would have been a bit like, I need someone, I need him. Mm. But no, I could stand with them and say, no, I don't need him. He he wasn't even a Christian. So that was a good turnaround. But mm-hmm. my landlords also ran this course through the church and it was called Cleansing Streams. And it was such a good course, but it was so full on. It involved um, you met weekly to watch a video, but during the week you had to do Bible readings. You had to read chapters. So you had a strong desire yeah, to get I wanted closer to, get, to God. Yeah, I wanted to get back with God. And mm-hmm. I actually committed myself to this course saying, mm-hmm. God, I will give my all to this. I'm not going to skip a chapter. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give everything. And so I read the books, I read the Bible, I read, uh, we had to listen to these audio um, cassette tapes yep, as well. Like that. <laughs> yep. Um, and it was about spiritual warfare and a lot of things like that. And about the time that I was doing that course, I went into it with a mindset. I said, God, I'd really like you to deal with this thing in me, which um, wasn't to do with who, what God actually 
did do in me in that time, God said, "Eh, instead of that, I'm going to deal with something that you don't even know is there. Mm. And that was really cool because he started bringing up in me things about you need to go back to your church in that Western Victoria town and reconcile. Mm. And I was like, oh, and I started to see things differently. I could see that every time I went back to that town to visit or to take my son to his father or to visit my parents, I had a shame, I had a dark cloud over me mm-hmm. of who knows what I've done. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realise that mm-hmm. until those sorts of moments and it started coming up. And one day as I was doing that homework, I was reading through the books and I was looking for something, and it was just a random thing. I don't even remember what it was. And while I was looking, I found the letter from the church that had kicked me out. Oh, the official letter the official saying you letter. can no longer come here yes. unless you repent. And I reread it through mm-hmm. fresh eyes. and Because like, you kind of just got angry the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. And um, I reread it, and I thought, that's not an unreasonable letter. And I had compassion for them and I thought, mm-hmm. how hard would that have been to be on the church board writing that letter? Mm. How do you you love your congregation and you're kicking someone out that you love and you have to deal with the ramification of the whole congregation mm. and their families? That would be so hard. And I had this compassion for them. So also, that same day that I found the letter, I had the Bible readings for that night, and it was um, 1 Corinthians 5, I think, which was titled Expel the Immoral Brother. And it was all about, Mm -hmm. well, the key bit for me was, hand this man over to Satan so that the sinful nature may be destroyed and his spirit saved on the day of the Lord. And I was like, that's what happened to me. That's what they did to me. Um, you know, they got some things wrong with the way they went mm. about it at the time, and I I certainly did. Um, but I just felt so like, you know, as if God was saying, yes, you were here once, but now your spirit's been saved and there's forgiveness to be shown to you. So I just really felt like all those things came together and it wasn't coincidental. Mm. It was God saying, go back and be reconciled. I did forget to mention earlier that uh, prior to leaving for Geelong, mm-hmm. um, the church had a new pastor come in and I didn't know him, but he arranged to meet up with me in my home and just basically say, hey, I've heard that this ugliness has gone mm. down in our church and I just wanted to meet with you and see if you're okay and see um, how you are mm-hmm. And just let you know that if you need to come back, you're welcome. So he'd already opened that door for Mm me. So I wasn't, you know, coming back wasn't against the rules, you know. Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing anything disobedient there. So you knew you had an open invitation. Yeah, I I did. So when I felt God saying, yeah, go back and do that, Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, I'll do it. But I'm not sure when Mm -hmm. he wants me to do that. So I went and I went back to that town and my parents were away that weekend and that worked out so ideally because normally I'd just hang out with them. Mm. But this time I'm like, well, I can go to church because they won't be there. Yeah, and you prayed. Tell us about the prayer I did. you I, had. 
I prayed to God. I said, God, if if you really want me to do this this weekend, please can you send me a friendly face from my past, mm-hmm. you know, um, someone who went to church with me and that they'll be friendly towards me. And so I went down shopping. Because you really had to be feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was scary. Yeah. And um, so I went down shopping and I ran into someone who had been friends with my sister who had gone to the church. And she was friendly and she was lovely. And Just what you had prayed for. It was the exact answer wow. to my prayer and more because mm. God goes over and above. She invited me back to her in-law's house for a cuppa. Mm. And her in-laws had also been going to the church mm. when I was there mm-hmm. and they were just so welcoming and lovely and how you doing and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And I could not have had more answer to my prayer mm-hmm. than I did in that oh, moment. fantastic. So yeah. I went back home to mum and dad's that night and came under immense attack. I didn't realise it was attack at the time, but I really felt like, big deal. Who are you going to go back to that church? Oh, you this know? is the devil's accusing yeah, voice to you? Yeah, like... Who cares? Like, who do you think you are that you're Mm. so special that those people will even care that you Mm. go back there? So the devil's not wanting you to feel good about being reconciled. And I thought, yes, yes, who do I think I am? I'm I'm nothing special. You know, this doesn't mean anything. Mm. Why should I go back there? But anyway, I went to sleep. And as soon as I woke up, I realized that was an attack and God had answered my prayer. Mm -hmm. So if God had answered my prayer, then I was going to be obedient and do it. And so I went back and I was sitting outside the church in my car and I was like, oh, this is real. Mm. (laughs) This has just got real. Mm. Um, Oh, Lord, can you just give me a friendly face Mm -hmm. to walk in with, please? Because... I don't know if I can walk in alone. It's mm. just scary. And to me, this is God's sense of humour. But um, the woman that I saw that was walking past at the time was someone who previously, when I was that judgmental, self-righteous young Christian, mm. she'd been kicked out of the church for adultery oh. <laughs> and had since been reconciled. Oh, okay. So you knew reconciliation <laughs> and so I knew was her, possible. And I knew her past mm-hmm. and I walked in with her, us two ex-adulterers together. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, wow. I just thought, that's you, God, that's mm. you all over, that's your mm. grace. And you know what? Going back in there, I thought I was going back to apologise to everyone there, Mm. which I did do. Mm. I was there for that. Mm. But I was blown away by the people that apologised to me Mm. for their reactions to me Mm. and their judgments. Mm. And I tell you, that was so healing, the whole thing. Mm. And I feel like there was stuff that had gone down in that church that I don't even know about that was healed in that moment, and God wanted to heal us, not just me, but them. Mm. And it's so special. Mm. Um, so the so things, something good yeah. could come out of such a terrible situation. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was beautiful. I actually have never felt anything like this before, but for the whole day afterwards, I felt physically lighter, like I was walking on air. Mm. It was just amazing. <laughs> I mm. can't even describe it. it physically affected me. So this is a pivotal moment in your yes. getting back on track. Yes. With the and Lord. and it released that 
shame mm. and that cloud that was over my life every time I went back to that town mm. was no longer there. I was mm. no longer, and as you may be able to tell by the fact that I'm sharing this, I don't have the shame attached mm. to it for what I've done mm. because I'm more than that now because of Christ. Christ is bigger than mm. what I've done. You're forgiven. Yes, yes, totally, totally. And that is what I wanted to share, how big God is, mm. how much bigger than us and what we do. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is once again chatting with Cheryl Phillips about her life journey and the hard lessons she's learned along the way. Also joining them in the studio and providing moral support is Cheryl's husband, Danny. We'll hear how they met and start a relationship as we hear more of Cheryl's story when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Eric Scadabo chatting with Cheryl Phillips in our Melbourne studios, along with her husband, Danny. Before the break, we heard the beautiful way God worked in Cheryl's life to bring about reconciliation between her and her old church. Now we'll hear more of Cheryl's story and how Danny enters the picture. Okay, and then at some point, Danny, who's sitting right here, comes into your life. But is there anything else we need to talk about before we get to Danny, <laughs> who's so patiently sitting here quietly? <laughs> well, I was, I've, I'd been dealing with um, the grief of what I'd done. Mm. Um, I think God had to really take me through that, mm-hmm. um, looking at every individual that I could think of that I'd hurt by my actions. And just, you know, I didn't necessarily apologize, but, you know, Joe and his family um, my ex-husband and his family, mm. um, my family, my son, um, our friends, mm. the church, you know, this causes so much damage. Mm, yeah. um, Which we don't want to minimize. No, exactly. Yeah. And so I, I really feel like God took me through a grieving process mm. of accepting what mm. I'd done there mm. and, and owning it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was quite important. But also me as a person realizing who I am and what I'm capable of, I'm like, can I ever get married again? That was a reasonable question Mm. to me. So I ended up, I met Danny online. This was way back before online dating. So we were just chatting in a group chat scenario, Mm -hmm. um, which as a single mother, I made a lot of friends that way. Um, Well, you're an extrovert. Let's just be honest (laughs) about it. You're an extrovert and you like to have communication with people. Yeah, and being a single mum trapped at home a lot. That was a way of it was a good way to get to know people. Met, yeah. So we were just friends, but he came over to visit me in two thousand. There was a whole group of us. It yeah. wasn't just me alone. It okay. was it was a group of us coming to celebrate her birthday. Yes. Yep. Okay. So So now let's find out a little bit about you, Danny. At this point, did you know anything about Christianity? Um I had some religious education as a as a child in a, in public school uh, where I grew up, 
But I didn't have a personal uh, revelation of, of Jesus mm-hmm. at that point in my life. So you weren't a Christian at that point? No. So that's when you met Cheryl. Yeah. Cheryl, then what happened? <laughs> so we hit it off, and so he lived in Tassie. So mm-hmm. he ended up visiting me quite a bit, <laughs> and we got together. But from the start, I was like, oh, this is not going to work because I need a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ready for a man. I am not in a good place still. Mm-hmm. But in some ways, so we were together for about 10 months and uh, we ended up breaking up when some stress happened on us. But I knew in that time that I really loved him. He, Who he was uh, was just everything I'd wanted except the Christian. And he I wasn't did, a Christian. And I've got time. to be honest, I did want someone who lived in the same state as me. <laughs> <laughs> One prerequisite. So... Um, we were apart for about four months, and in that time, so you ended the relationship. Uh, Danny did. <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, in that time, uh, God worked in both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a few ideas, like, oh well, I suppose I, w- I would, even if he was to become a Christian, I wouldn't want a new Christian anyway, and all. Oh, you're particular. Oh <laughs> well, well, I was, but you know, God worked. Yeah. God dealt with yeah. that, and um. God dealt with a few things in Danny as well. In that time, he had a few biases as well. And it meant that we could come back together. And I was just like, well, you know, that means I'm looking at marriage. At my age, I'm, I'm not wanting to muck around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and also it means you have to become a Christian. And I had been working on him in that time. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like convert to my religion. It was you have to make a heart decision for real. Because we can't, if you don't get the fundamental of how I work, mm. you're not going to get me. Mm-hmm. So, Danny, what did you think about that? Well, when I had been um, visiting, it was generally a weekend because mm-hmm. I'd come over for a weekend and then go back home to work. Mm-hmm. So, Cheryl would take me along to her church. So, mm-hmm. I was getting fed okay, with, yeah. with the word and I was getting closer to mm-hmm. becoming what Cheryl needed me to be. And did it happen? Yes, it did. Tell us about that. Um, it was pretty boring, really. It was uh, just a, a, a message. The angels in a, heaven were a... rejoicing, Danny. <laughs> it's not a boring thing. <laughs> yeah, I just responded to a, to an altar call. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't, oh, I better say that I'm a Christian so I get the girl. <laughs> no. You actually accepted well, Jesus. That was that was a good perk. <laughs> a good way of putting it, Danny. <laughs> so now, Cheryl, you're in a relationship yes. with a Christian man. Yeah, over 20 years ago. And um, I still had a little bit of um, maybe a lot of things to work through and, um, you know, involved hearing from God and yielding to what he said, which some of the things that I felt he was asking from me at the time – were not easy and they were big. So I just had to... But your to, desire, correct yeah, me if I'm wrong, my desire was you to really follow wanted him. to do... And also I'd learnt what it's like to say no to God. Because that's what got you in trouble exactly, in the first place when you exactly. said no to doing the right thing. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't want to go there again. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say no. So I will say yes. So I chose yes and got through the hard things um, and it 
really freed me up to feel confident that I could marry Danny, be a good wife to him and a faithful wife mm-hmm. to him, regardless of how our relationship panned out. You know, 20 years down the track, do you still want to be married to this person? Well, my commitment says yes. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, you know, 20 years on, it is easy to to say that, um, not just because of my commitment, but because of what God's done in us and given me the right man for me. Mm. Um, well, so, yeah, he um, he ended up moving over from Tassie and getting a job and um, we were married six months after that. So, oh, we were in that long-distance relationship for three to four years. So, that Danny, w- that's a lot of typing. That yes, was a lot. <laughs> but and, you, and you imagine, persevered? Imagine me being very needy with needing to be heard. Mm. So that is a lot of phone calls. And <laughs> and Danny, you've been sitting here listening. So being a listener is one of your strong suits. Uh, well. You're laughing over there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, have, I have my moments. I have so many words in me to, to give and, and to receive. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> he loves me well in a lot of ways, so... So the relationship persevered through being a long-distance relationship and yeah. eventually got together. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, but now, kind of fast-forwarding about 20 years, you've been married and now both actively involved in your church together? Yes, yep. What types of ministries have you been involved in? Uh, so I'm um, a member of the men's ministry. We, uh, we've we lacked a men's ministry at our church for, for a while, and so I've... I've um, Joined a, a team of men reviving. Oh, good on you! Reviving that, and yeah. So that's and learning that's how good. to be good husbands. Yes, which which is very much needed in this day and age, and I'm sure you're very happy with that, yeah, Cheryl. Totally. <laughs> yeah. You must be very proud of him. I am. I, I, he does great. He looks after us as well as a family. We've got a daughter now as well, and he just contributes so well to the church as well in other areas that he also hasn't mentioned. And I I um, interpret Auslan for the deaf in okay. our church. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's been really good. Actually, that's a blessing to worship God that way too. Yes. Well, Danny, you're a man of few words. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well put. <laughs> but I think it would be appropriate for us to give you the last word. You've sat here, you heard Cheryl's story, her journey, her story arc, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. But you know where she is today and where she has been for the past 20 years and where you are in your relationship and your heart's desire to help others and be a blessing to others. Are you proud of your wife? Yes, I'm very proud of my wife. And I think we'll just end it right there. (laughs) (laughs) Cheryl and Danny, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. Well, what an incredible story of reconciliation. As we heard at one point, Cheryl felt like there was no way that God could possibly forgive her. But our God is a God of second chances, and all heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. I like the words of that song that Cheryl mentioned earlier. It's called Look What You've Done by Tasha Layton. It starts like this. Look what you've done. How could you fall so far? You should be ashamed of yourself, so I was ashamed of myself. The lies I believed, they got some roots that run deep. I let him take a hold of my life. I let him take control of my life. 
And then the song continues. Standing in your presence, Lord, I can feel you digging all the roots up. I feel you healing all my wounds up. All I can say is hallelujah. Look what you've done. Look what you've done in me. You spoke your truth into the lies I let my heart believe. Look at me now. Look how you made me new. The enemy did everything that he could. Oh, but look what you've done. Well, if you're listening today and can relate to that song or Cheryl's story and you'd like to pray with someone, our prayer line is 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's one 800 772 We'd love to pray with you on that number once again, one 800 772 Well, thanks for joining us for Cheryl's story and a bit of Danny as well. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The story. Just another way vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.